in today's show, it's a waiver wire show. So we're going to look at players who can be added, who can be dropped, who has been added, who has been dropped. What we need to do, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble, on TikTok at RedRock underscore Beeble, on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball and Substack JoshLloyd48.substack.com. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free. We are available on all platforms. All right. Talk about the waiver wire. It's a little bit bare. At the moment, there's not great things happening there. Like, what a way to, to promote a show. Wow, this show is going to be bad. No, uh, there's stuff we've got to always look at. There's a lot of short-term stuff going on. And there's some longer-term plays, but there's no like, wow, here's the absolute must-grab play. Now, there are some of those guys, but they're players that I've hit on already. So I was going to be like, all right, let's really highlight Walker Kessler in this show. Then I went back and went, ah, how I actually made him like a cover guy for the last show. So, you know, am I just going to keep pushing that? Yes, I am. You've got to add Walker Kessler. But there's not that big, ooh, that name has really just popped right at the moment. But bear with me. We've got stuff we're going to talk about. It's lots of interesting stuff. You know, oh, what, a, what a salesman. All right. Warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> Let's look at the most added players over the last 24 hours in fantasy. Number one is John Kaminga. I thought he was pretty good yesterday. We're going to have Wiggins and Clay out today for the Warriors, so it's another good opportunity for Kaminga. I do not believe that Kaminga is a long-term 12-team league guy. No. Even if Wiggins is out for a couple of weeks, Kaminga is a schedule stream when definitely when two guys are out, and we might have more out today because Steph is currently questionable for the Warriors on Wednesday. But Kaminga's not a guy where I go, yeah, it's happening. Here we go. Like We're getting the 12-team value consistently. No. like I don't think we're really anywhere near that for where Kaminga lies, but it is a good opportunity for him. He has been added in the most leagues um, across the board over the last 24 hours. But look, this guy is still, what, he's 167th over the last two weeks, but in his last three games, he's averaging 26 minutes a night with 19 points. Now that is coming on 69% shooting, which of course is nice, but it's not going to stick. Giggity. Um, And that's really where it's coming from, just this increased usage and efficiency. So I get it for today. I don't think there's long-term value there in Kaminga, though. The one I do think has at least, not long-term, but short-term appeal, is the wiki, Chris Boucher. We have seen time and time again, when the Raptors are healthy, Boucher is not useful enough. When they lose a starter, then yeah, things start to happen. And they are down not only a starter in OG Ananobi for the next week, but Precious Achua is out forever. Otto, not forever, he will return. Um, Otto Porter is out. So they are players who, of course, are all the same size because every one of their bloody roster is. All those guys are out, meaning Boucher, he won't start. I wouldn't have thought. Well, maybe he will. I, I don't think he will. Um, but there's a huge opportunity here for him. It'll just be Gary Trent who starts running over. He, he should play instead of 20 minutes or 21 minutes. He'll play 25, 26. And we all know what happens with Chris Boucher. There are stinkers mixed in liberally. You'll get a 20-minute game of 2-2. Two and two, And you'll get a 27-minute game of 15-11 and 11 with three threes and three blocks. Right, so for now, while we're dealing with an absence of Ananobi plus two rotation bench players, it's a huge chance for him. This might last a week. It might last two weeks. There's going to be big games and bad games. 
right? But I think he, he's probably the guy. That's why I put him on the thumbnail of this video. I think he's probably the guy that we want to grab at this point. Charles Bassey is one of the most added players. Yes, I like it. We also remember when he was one of the most added players when they had a five-game week and he was terrible. But with Pirtle out, with Zach Collins out, Bassey should, fingers crossed, be the starting center and play minimum 20 minutes. And 20 minutes of Charlie Bassey, I'm not going to say it's a guaranteed top 100, but it's it's absolutely worth the ad because he could be top 100. He could be top 50. He could be dreadful. But the opportunity is there for, to be worth the ad. Now, it might last no time at all. It might be one game, but he's worth the grab to see what happens here. Karis Levert, one of the most added players. Dracaris. I cannot agree with that at all. Yes, he was really good last game, but I have seen Karis Levert. He, he much like Jonathan Kaminga, he needed 69% shooting to provide a good game. I've seen Karis Levert many, many times with his bad efficiency, his lack of defensive stats, and then a lack of usage playing with Garland and Mitchell just fail to hit the target. And I'm bloody sure I'm not going to be convinced that this is the time for him now. Stream him in, no worries. Streaming in a 10-game ten uh, day, not worth it. Don't know why he's the third most added player, fourth most added player, not interested. Not interested at all. You want to hear what um, the definition of chasing is? No, you will. No, he's ready to sack that. Run, Will! Give it off quick! Yeah, Will Barton went crazy last game. What do you have, like, seven rebounds, seven assists, and 30 points or something like that? Anyway, he went crazy in a game that Beal was out, that Morris was out, that Porzingis was out. Now... The positive thing here, I guess, positive is a very relative term, is that both Porzingis and Beal are out again for Wednesday's game, but Morris returns. So there is still a chance for Barton, but I have seen Barton in many games that Bradley Beal has been out do absolutely nothing. Is he okay as a streamer for today? No worries, right? There's a lot of usage gone, and if there's one thing I know Will Barton loves doing, that is hogging the ball and chucking up shots. So there is an opportunity for that. But as a, that is, this is a real chase based on last game. And I think it can pay off today, but there is no long-term play in that. Andrew Nampard is one of the most added players. I know he was pretty good last game, and I do advocate for him being a 12-team league guy. Just surprised that people would have gone back and added him that much. I think he's a hold. As you saw on yesterday's show, I talked about my all-rookie first time. I actually had him on there. I think he's been really, really solid and a player that I was just completely wrong on in draft evaluation through you know, 20 games. I didn't think he'd be that good. And here he is being very, very good. Yeah, I think he should be rostered. Mo Bamba, one of the most added players. Um, one, two, three, four, five. I get it. I, I get it. It's probably worth an ad, yeah. It probably is because Carter's out. Bamba has had a better plus minus than Mo Wagner the last two games. He played more minutes than Wagner last game. We don't know at this stage whether he is going to start ahead of um, Wagner, but there is a good fantasy profile there. And then the last most added player there is Jordan Goodwin. Goodwin has played 30 minutes in three straight games. Um, we will see what happens with Morris back, but the fact that Beal is out does help him. So we'll see what his minutes look like. I think he is a fine, fine add, at least for the short term. I don't think it's any sort of um, long-term solution though, but I do think that there is some value there uh, in adding him. Today's episode is brought to you by ExpressVPN. We all know ExpressVPN protects your privacy and security online, right? But something you might not know, you can use ExpressVPN to unlock, mov unlock movies and shows that are only available in other countries. Maybe you've run out of stuff to watch on Netflix. <laughs> Again, that's impossible. This will change your world. ExpressVPN allows you to binge The Office on UK Netflix. 
It's so simple to do. You sign into Netflix, you fire up Express VPN, you change your location to the UK, bang, refresh Netflix, and there you go. You're in on UK Netflix. It's not just Netflix. ExpressVPN works with any streaming service. Hulu, BBC, iPlayer, YouTube, you name it. There are hundreds of VPNs out there. But ExpressVPN allows you to watch shows at a ridiculously fast speed. There's never any buffering or lag, and you can stream in HD, no problem. So if you want to get access to hundreds of new shows, go to expressvpn.com slash locked on right now, and you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com slash locked on, expressvpn.com slash locked on to learn more. So you're hanging out with a few friends, putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby, you can make it home. It's no big deal. What are the odds you get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up, you lose your license, you lose your job, you total your car, you kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again, play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. This is with the most dropped players. Number one is Zach Collins. I get it. He was a great ad while Perda was out. The opportunity was there, but now he's out. So see you later, Zach. Bye. Jeremiah Robinson Earl. He is the classic. I need to find like the proper description here. He's the guy. It's him and Grant Williams. The guy who does below average in everything, but never gets turnovers. So then fantasy ranks get elevated and you go, oh, he's, he's the 90th best player. Yeah, wow, that's great. He's averaging 10 and 5 with two assists and half a steal and half a block. And you go, okay, fine. But there's no upside whatsoever. And he is now hurt. And he's losing minutes. There's, this is the sort of guy that you can use on a scheduled stream day when you're heading to a situation where you desperately need to win or you're in the fantasy playoffs. But as a long-term, long-value play, that's not there. And now he's hurt. See you later. Bye, Jerry. Maximum Derek White. Maximum Derek. Yeah, he is the most dropped player. He should be. I've been telling you this for weeks that I do not think that Derek White is going to remain a 12-team league guy. Um, I know that Yahoo had him ranked 35th at one point, you know, because that ranking, using that sort of ranking system is flawed and it gives you an absolutely incorrect valuation of the player. There is no way in my mind that he's able to remain a 12-team league guy when Horford and Rob Williams are back. We're already seeing it now. He's getting squeezed significantly. And the people that dropped him, you made the right call. I would have dropped him. In fact, I did drop him weeks ago. And yes, sometimes when you make those calls and you try and plan forward, and I'm guilty, guilty of this all the time, is you lose value in the interim because you drop a guy and then three days later, someone else gets hurt and his value goes back up. You go, ah, I shouldn't have dropped him. But when you're trying to look ahead to what's happening three to four weeks time and plan the value out of these guys, like it's very hard to say, well, I'll just hold this guy in case these two players get injured because then you'd end up holding 400 players on your roster waiting for certain things to happen. Well, shit happens. Players get hurt. Situations change. They're out of your control. All you can sort of do is look at where things are and where things are headed at the time, right? And you are going to cop mistakes there. You can't just, you can't always just hold everybody at all points. And the same thing happened like with Keegan Murray. It was like two weeks ago. And I like, okay, it's going to get better later on, but I don't know if I can deal with this. And then like a week after that, he put together like three strong games with Fox out. And you went, oh, man, did I drop him too early? And then Fox comes back and he has two points, one rebound, zero assists or something. You go, okay, that's why. That's why. We think the trajectory will get better later, but we're a long way away from it. 
There's lots of ups and downs in players' production game by game, which will make you think, oh, I made the wrong choice or I made the right choice. And you know, in the end, you've got to look at longer view stuff. Speaking of Grant Williams, he's on this list. Yeah, he should be dropped. He's not a 12-team league guy. I don't foresee him being a 12-team league guy. He's a 14 to 16-team league player um, who really just doesn't provide big numbers. Najee Marshall, easy one. With Herb Jones back, he's a drop. You'd probably keep him in deeper leagues, 16 teams, maybe 14. Ingram's still a little bit of time away. Um, and that, that's going to completely kill him when uh, Ingram comes back. Blake Griffin didn't know he was added enough to be dropped enough. I guess it was for the Monday, Tuesday, back-to-back, but he's going to go back to sitting down in his tracksuit. Um, this one is really, really troubling. Larry Nance, one of the most dropped players. Guys, settle down. Like, Why? If anyone listening to this show who's not in an eight-team league drop Larry Nance, I would like a written apology. I'm going to set up a post office box for you to actually handwrite me an apology, like writing lines at school. What? Why? After last game, why? Stupid. Sorry, it just is. You shouldn't have dropped him. And I know, I always get a lot of pushback on Larry Nance for some reason. There's going to be people firing up in the comments about it. That, yeah, no, you shouldn't have dropped him. I feel really confident in saying that. You shouldn't have dropped him. Campaign dropped. Yep. Backup. Injured. See you later. He's just a 16-team league guy, maybe 14-team league guy. Let's look at players. These are the most dropped players. They're the ones who have been dropped. These are the guys that I consider droppable. What does that mean? I'm glad you asked. It means that when you're looking at your roster and you're looking to bring someone off IR or you're looking to do a two-for-one trade or you're looking to get a streamer or you're looking to take a flyer on someone and this guy's on your roster, you should look at him and go, hmm, he might actually provide value, but what am I, am I actually losing anything? I know that there's a risk that I sacrifice some good games. I know there's a risk that maybe he is better than this, but when we get down to it, there are players you look at and you go, CJ McCollum is not a droppable player. I don't know why I picked CJ. You look at it and you go, Jamal Murray is not a droppable player. Right? We know this. But these guys, while they technically might still have some value, they are guys where you go, ah, if I have to move on, I move on. Right? It might hurt. It might sting. It might bite me on the ass. That is totally true. But they're guys that you can just go, ah, I guess, see you later. And number one on that list is Jalen McDaniels. And I'll tell you why. Because he is about to lose his starting spot today. Because Lamella Ball is back. Well, close enough to back. And Jalen McDaniels is going to lose that starting spot. So he's going to go back from 31 minutes to, say, 25, maybe 22. And then in a few weeks, Gordon Haywood will return. And then Cody Martin will return. And McDaniels will go back and play 17 minutes. So maybe Lamelo doesn't play today. Maybe Lamelo plays only 20 minutes and Jalen stays on a 30-minute-a-night thing. Maybe in two weeks' time, um, Lamelo is playing, but Ubre gets hurt or PJ Washington gets hurt and McDaniels gets back to 30 minutes. That is all completely possible. But the trajectory of Jalen McDaniels is heading downwards really quickly. So it's not a must-drop situation. It's a situation where you go, okay, he's he's there. He's been producing. But if I actually need to do something right now, maybe it is I want to stream Chris Boucher or I want to get maximum games, in you know, three games in four nights from the Heat and from the Clippers players, that I might miss one good McDaniels game, but I feel the trajectory is going down pretty quickly. So that's what I mean. I, I Will I get pushback on this? I know I've got pushback on it a lot, but... Hello. I don't think there's any need to hold this guy. He's a scorer who's playing fewer minutes, who can be inefficient and has been his whole career, who does nothing else. There's no reason in my mind to hold Lonnie Walker in 12-team leagues. None. Understanding that he will be better than what we've seen the last week or so doesn't mean he's good enough to hold. John Wall, same thing. 
After the Clippers said no one was on the injury report for today, they actually have ruled him out today. So he'll play on Thursday, but out today. Um, but, you know, that's great that he plays Thursday. It's a low volume day. So Wall has that slight value on a Thursday and he's got a real good assist number. Everything else is garbage though. So it is a general statement that John Wall is not a 12 and he's rostered everywhere. He's rostered in so many leagues, right? John Wall, especially in category leagues, does not need to be rostered. It's got to be a really specific situation where you're considering him. I don't really see him. People go, oh, but just wait. Wait, he's going to overtake Reggie Jackson. He's going to start playing 32 minutes a night. I honestly don't see that happening. Now, you might have a completely different view of that. And that's fine because let's be honest, we don't know. I don't know. You don't know. We're trying to make educated and sometimes uneducated guesses about how this thing plays out. We just don't know where, where it lands. But my estimation is that, no, he won't be playing 30 minutes a night or 32 minutes a night. I think he, he might take the starting job off Jackson. He might get to 27 a night. But I really don't think he's going to be playing 30 minutes a night every night. And then, even if he did, the negative impact on your percentages would be greater if he was doing that. And that might make it even worse to have him. So I don't think there's any point in having John Wall for the vast majority of people. Other droppable guys. These are more points league-based guys. They're Lonnie Walker's on that list. We talked about that. Brandon Clark. If Stephen Adams is out, you add Brandon Clark. If Stephen Adams is, is in, you don't. And in points leagues, Clark's value is significantly less than in category leagues anyway. There's no reason to have him in a 12-team league. And Yekara Kongwu is still rostered everywhere. I don't know why. Are you still expecting Clint Capella to get traded or benched? Because they're not happening. Well, that's not true. I can't tell you that the trade's not happening. I can pretty much tell you he's not getting benched. Is he going to get hurt? Maybe. Is anyone going to hurt? Maybe. Like, I think there's a lot of stubbornness there because there were a lot of people thinking, well, Okongwu's going to take over from Capella this season. Pretty obvious. Capella's getting traded. Okongwu's better. And it's just not the case. And we're 33% of the way through the season and it's still not the case. Yep, people are still ha hanging on. Don't. Um, did I skip this guy before? Stand by your man! Yeah, piss him off. I don't know if he's going to stay on the bench as the backup center and Smith's going to remain the starting power forward. But I don't actually care because even when he was starting, Smith was bad. And we said to drop him weeks ago. He's going to have the occasional good game. And I completely misevaluated his role or stability of his role. I didn't think he was a good player, but I thought he had an interesting fantasy skill set. But I thought that they would commit to him because they did by giving him the contract and saying he was their starter and say, here's 26 minutes a night. Well, I was wrong. And you can drop him. And you should have dropped him weeks ago, but he's still, a, he's still rostered in so many, many spots. Today's episode is also brought to you by the legends at Bilpa. Can we pause the pod for a second? No, we're not pausing. We're just talking about Bilpa. Because this is like, oh, this is the, um, the, the hip hop version of the Bilpa ad. Be great. Because you've got to try this. I'm talking about Bilt Bar's new reimagined flavors. Now, Bilt Bar is great. I love the taste of Bilt Bar. Reading an ad copy with talking with no G and an apostrophe reads a little bit weird. Anyway, new reimagined flavors. Cookie dough topper. Coconut brownie topper. Are you a topper? Am I a topper? Do we love toppers? Do we know what toppers are? I don't know, but they do sound delicious. There's also the coconut brownie bar. White chocolate peppermint granola. It's Built's take on the granola bar. So it's more filling and still insanely tasty. Built is revolutionizing nutrition as we know it with 100% real chocolate, 17 grams of protein and shockingly low sugar and calories. 130 calories. I'm shocked. That is, that is shocking. Shocking indeed. So the magical, wonderful time after you tasted a built bar, you're ready to experience it. Get 15% off your order right now by using the code LOCKEDON15 at built.com. Built Bar is 
built different. Maybe you should change that. Built Bar's got that dog in him. Let's look at muscle roster players. Guess who's number one? Yeah, Kelly Linick. Dickheads, add him. Please. The, I'm going to start changing my cutoff for this. My cutoff for must roster was guys rostered under 80% who are top 100 players. Um, but I'm getting the impression that there are 20% of inactive leagues. So I might change it now to 70% after today's show. All right? Because Kelly Linick and Josh Hart are just at the top of this list every week. Because people, that, that 23 or 24% of leagues, I don't know. They're too busy Danish backhanding Lonnie Walker. I don't know what's going on. Anyway. Olenek, Josh Hart, must roster, obviously. Killian Hayes, I think he has to be. Yes, you do have to deal with bad field goal percentage. But the assists, the steals, the scoring has been improved. He's hitting more threes. It's gonna, there's going to be some ups and downs for sure. Is Dwayne Casey always a risk to start Corey Joseph? Yes. But I think you've got to have Killian Hayes on your roster. And Bogdan Bogdanovich is available in way more leagues than I thought. He has gone back to full speed ahead way earlier than I anticipated. I thought we'd still be a few weeks away from that. It's been really advantageous that Collins and Murray are out at the same time, sort of forcing him into this giant usage. But look, just make sure he's at it. In points leagues, I think your Jaden Ivey, as much as I don't love him in category leagues, in points leagues, I think Jaden Ivey is must roster. Mitch Robinson's must roster in both formats. And then you've got Hayes and Bogdanovich on that list as well. Let's look at some hot names. These are all top 100 over the last week. Nikhil Alexander-Walker. I don't really buy that for 12-team leagues. Last game, he did surprise we thought that there'd be an option for Alexander Walker to put up good numbers if Conley and um, Clarkson were out. And then they both returned and we're just like, oh, okay. Well, he's going to go back to the bench. He's probably going to struggle in that game. And then he went out and had just a gigantic performance, which was really, really unexpected. But one thing we have to remember is that Nikhil Alexander-Walker in that game, which was a 20-point blowout. He played the final 16 minutes of that game straight, and he scored 13 of his 19 points in garbage time. He did it while shooting 60-something percent from the field. Like, this was a, a game... Like, Jordan Clarkson didn't play the entire fourth quarter. Kelly Linick didn't play basically all of the third or all of the fourth quarter. Um, where's Mike Conley on this list? Oh, Conley played a little... Did he? Yeah, Conley played a little bit of that time, but not much. There was a lot of garbage time from Alexander Walker and playing the final 16 minutes of that game straight. In the first half, he played, let's have a look, 6 minutes 30 and 2. He played 8 minutes in the first half, right, before the game got out of hand. So what I'm trying to say is no, we don't add him in 12-team leagues. Tyus Jones, talked about this a lot. Jamrant is practicing, but he's still questionable. Tyus probably won't have any value next game, but if you are in a strong position, he is worth holding for the inevitable jar missed games if you're in a strong position. Quentin Grimes has been top 100. That surprised me. There is still uncertainty around the burner Jalen Brunson. So I look at him more as a 14-teamer, but his recent production, Grimey, has been 12. So no problem. Go for it. Charlie Bassey, we just talked about. John Kaminga, we talked about. Dante DiVincenzo, also top 100. And with the potential absence of Steph, the definite absence of Wiggins, and the definite absence of Clay. DiVincenzo is at least a great streamer for Wednesday, and he is playing quite well. I do like him in at least 14-teamers. Will Barton, we talked about, and we also talked about Najee Marshall. They're both top 100 players. Again, there is a little bit of... All context is required there to have a look at what that value actually is. For deeper leagues, these guys are all available in like 90% of leagues. Javante Green, we haven't seen him really ramp back up, but I think he's going to be at least a 14-team league guy. Dennis Schroeder is definitely not a 12-team league player, but he is a 16-team league guy. 
Jeremy Sohan, still coming back. Zohan now. He'll be getting his minutes back up there. I do think that he's worth a 14-team league ad. So is Joshy Richardson, although there's going to be a lot of Spurs shenanigans. We haven't seen Gaz Payton yet, but if you want a stash, I wouldn't do it in anything shallower than 16 teams. Um, TJ McConnell's a 16-team league guy. He might be available. Eric Gordon's a 16-team league guy. And Victor Oladipo. These are these guys that often you get these fantasy remnants players who have had successful years in the past who get over-rostered. But McConnell, Gordon, and Oladipo... They're all available in tons of spots. And I think that they're probably a little bit under-rostered. They're not 12-team league guys. But for 16-teamers, there is value in those sort of players. Let's talk some other names on the waiver wire. Bismack Biombo. I don't know whether Deion Ayton's going to miss any time. But Biombo would be the guy to have a look at there. Is he a guaranteed option? No. He can give you blocks and field goal percentage. And that might be what you need. Ayton might miss zero games. He might miss two weeks. We don't know yet. But Biombo is the preemptive ad there ahead of Landau, I think. Nico Batum's playing really well. I don't really trust that at all. But with three games in four nights coming up, yeah, there is something there with Batum where you can have a crack at that. Mo Wagner, um, if we get the nod that he is starting again for the Orlando Magic. Yeah, he's, he's worth it, right? But we're starting to see things get a little bit wobbly with Bamba back. But I think he's still probably worth a really soft, soft hold. The Bronco, Jalen Williams. Broncos country, let's ride. I've got him and Tari Eason there. They both fall into the similar situation. I think Williams with Robinson Erlad is going to be a solid starter, 30 minutes a night. He is a 12-team luxury stash who is providing like 14-team league value or very back-end 12-team league value as it is. That's solid enough. Should be on a roster. Same with Tari Eason. We know that when he plays 25 minutes a night, he will be a top 100 player. When he gets 25 minutes a night is anybody's guess because they are committed to playing their worst players more minutes. Eason, though, in like 18 minutes, 20 minutes, is like a 14-team league guy. And that's enough to hold him. You've got to be in a strong position if you are struggling and you're holding multiple injured players and multiple stashes and you're seventh in the standings, then you've got to cut bait somewhere. And it might not happen until February that Eason gets into a large role. It might not happen at all. But because he is providing at least a baseline level of value, he can be considered a stash. Tony Warren is rostered in a lot of spots. He's scoring efficiently. I don't really see him as a 12-team league guy. But if you do need a scoring burst, boost, boost, that's a better word, then Warren can be um, at least a stream option for you. I am going to mention the two rookie centers. Walker Kessler, to me, is absolutely a must-roster player. I do not care that he comes off the bench. He's top 50 over the last couple of weeks. Rebounds, blocks, field goal percentage, a little bit of scoring. He has to be rostered, in my opinion. And I'm less certain on Jalen Duran. I know that he's starting. I'd love for him to look absolutely lock in at 27 a night. We're not, not quite there yet. His block rate is really low compared to where it was in college, so there is room for improvement. But a starting center with field goal, rebound, block upside, I think he's worth having. It's less interesting than Kessler, even though Kessler's coming off the bench. But there is value there in Jalen Duran. And that is about 50 different names we talked about on the Waiver Wire show today. Don't forget to follow this show, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on Audison. And if you're on YouTube, why don't you thumb it up? Why don't you leave a comment? Why don't you subscribe and ring the bell? Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.